Welcome to Murder Minute. On today's episode, Nicola Dixon. But first, your true crime headlines. Samuel Little, the man authorities say was the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history, with nearly 60 confirmed victims, died Wednesday in California at age 80. Samuel Little had diabetes, heart trouble, and other ailments, and died at a California hospital while serving a life sentence for multiple counts of murder. After denying for years that he was a killer, in 2018, Little opened up to a Texas Ranger, James Holland, who had been asked to question him about a killing that it turned out Little did not commit. But over the course of approximately 700 hours of interviews, Little provided details of murders across the country that only the killer would know. Little confessed to killing 93 people between 1970 and 2005. He even provided Holland with drawings of his victims and provided details, such as the year and the location of the murder and where he had dumped the bodies. Most of the slayings took place in Florida and Southern California. Little said that he started killing in Miami on New Year's Eve in 1970. He told Holland, quote, It was like drugs. I came to like it. He said that his last killing was in Tupelo, Mississippi in 2005. He also killed people in Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Nevada, Arkansas, and other states. But it was Kentucky authorities who finally caught up with him in 2012 after he was arrested on drug charges and his DNA linked him to three California killings. Later, he started confessing to other murders. One killing was solved after Little recalled that the victim wore dentures. Another, after he told Holland that he'd killed the victim near a set of unusual-looking arches in Florida. A victim he met outside a Miami strip club in 1984 was remembered as being 25 years old, with short blonde hair, blue eyes, and a, quote, hippie look. Authorities who continue to investigate his claims said that they have confirmed nearly 60 killings and have no reason to doubt the others. Holland told CBS News Magazine in 60 Minutes in 2019, quote, Nothing he's ever said has been proven to be wrong or false. Almost all of Little's victims were women. Many of them were prostitutes, drug addicts, or poor people living on the edges of society. Samuel Little chose them, he said, because he believed that they would leave few people behind to look for them, and scant evidence for police to follow. Little strangled most of his victims. He drowned one, a woman he met at a nightclub in 1982. Holland, an expert interrogator, said that he can only guess why Little opened up to him. Holland has described Little as both a genius and a sociopath, adding that Little could never adequately explain to him why he did what he did. Holland would address Little by his childhood nickname, Sammy, while Little called Holland Jimmy and once told the LA Times that he'd, quote, found a friend in a Texas Ranger. 
Little told 60 Minutes that he hoped his confessions might exonerate anyone who was wrongly convicted of his crimes, saying, quote, I say, if I can help get somebody out of jail, you know, then God might smile a little bit more on me. California Corrections Department spokeswoman Vicki Waters said that there was no sign of foul play and that Little's cause of death will be determined by a coroner. A Western Indiana man has been charged for the murder of a woman whose body was found last week in a storage unit where she had apparently been living with her alleged assailant. 29-year-old Philip Michael Adderson faces one count of murder in the killing of 38-year-old Sarah Henderson, whose body was found on Christmas Day in the storage unit. An autopsy found that she died from sharp force injuries to the head, and her death was ruled a homicide. According to court documents, Adderson had rented the storage unit, and both he and Henderson had apparently been living in it. A man told police that he called 911 on December 24th after he saw that Henderson was dead in the storage unit and said that Adderson then told him, quote, I did that, man. That witness called 911, but a deputy who checked the storage unit facility that night found nothing unusual. Police using a cadaver dog found Henderson's body the next day, after an anonymous call placed to Vigo County's dispatch center indicated that Henderson might be dead in one of the units, and that Adderson was involved. Adderson appeared for an initial hearing Tuesday, after surrendering Monday in Johnson County, south of Indianapolis. He is being held at the Johnson County Jail until he is extradited to Vigo County. In Roswell, New Mexico, a former Alamogordo police officer has been sentenced to more than a decade behind bars for his involvement in a crash that killed one person and injured two others. 31-year-old Luke Maxwell Towner of Tularosa who served as a police officer in Alamogordo from 2013 to 2016, pleaded guilty in October to charges that include vehicular homicide and driving under the influence. His sentence, handed down earlier this month, also includes three years of supervised probation. On December 5, 2019, Towner was speeding when he rear-ended another vehicle at an intersection in Roswell, killing 26-year-old Doug Annis, who was in the back seat of the other vehicle. Another man and woman were also injured. Towner told authorities that he had been drinking whiskey earlier that night and admitted that he was responsible for the wreck, according to court documents. Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, Nicola Dixon. But first, a quick break. After you've finished binging your favorite true crime podcast, there's always one lingering question staring you in the face. Now what? Sure, 
you could slip into a Wikipedia wormhole researching everything about the show. But when your brain or your browser tabs are full to the brim, it might be time to take a breather. That's when I like to clear a few levels of Best Fiends. Best Fiends is the app that engages my brain with challenging but fun puzzle games. The game is simple and fun. The good guys are the bugs and the bad guys are the slugs. Complete the puzzles to defeat the slugs, collecting keys and unlocking new fiends along the way, like Brittle the Housefly, Edward the Mosquito, Gordon the Scorpion, and my best fiend, Pop the Axolotl. One of the things that I love about true crime is that the more you dig into the story, the more layers you uncover. And that's what's great about Best Fiends too. The more you play, the more fun it gets. And with new monthly updates, themed challenges, and holiday puzzles, there's always one more level, and the adventure never gets old. This is my pandemic must-play. So the next time you need a break from the news cycle, or run out of shows to binge watch, download Best Fiends free. You might find yourself wondering how you ever found time for a dull moment before. Best Fiends has thousands of levels already. It's hours of fun at your fingertips and can even be played offline. This game has 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews for a reason. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. These days, I'm eating at home for almost every meal, and I don't have a lot of time for grocery shopping, meal planning, and cooking, but I still want high-quality, sustainably-sourced, wholesome meals at home. That's why I decided to try Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. Their meal plans include paleo, plant-powered, keto, and balanced living. Green Chef's expert chefs design flavorful recipes for your lifestyle that go way beyond ordinary substitutions. They have the first ever and only keto meal kit on the market, and Green Chef's vegan and vegetarian recipes are high in plant proteins and rich in omega-3s. Whatever your lifestyle, Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow meal plans with select organic ingredients and plenty of options every week, delivered right to your door. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you'll love to cook. Recipes that are quick and easy, with step-by-step -step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along the way. All of their ingredients are seasonally sourced for peak freshness, come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. So no matter what your cooking skill level, you'll get perfect results every time. Green Chef makes cooking easy, with dinner options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. Plus, Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box, so I can feel great about what I'm eating and how it got to my table. Let Green Chef 
do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the meal prep for you week after week. And get the number one meal kit for eating well. Go to greenchef.com slash murderminute90 and use the code murderminute90 to get $90 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash murderminute90 and use the code murderminute90 to get $90 off plus free shipping. Welcome back to Murder Minute. On December 31, 1996, 17-year-old student Nicola Dixon left her Birmingham home for a night out. It was New Year's Eve, and like many teenagers across the UK, Nicola was planning to attend several parties with her friends. Dressed in a leopard print top, black trousers, and a short leather jacket, Nicola set out to ring in the new year. But Nicola would never see 1997. It was very out of character for her not to have called us as promised that night. Her father, Andy, would later recall. She'd never done anything like that before, but there are 101 reasons why kids might not call or go home when they say they are going to, and you can invent far more plausible reasons than what actually happened. Yet, what actually happened is the one you worry most about as a parent. On the morning of January 1st, 1997, Nicola's body was discovered by a minister's wife, Valerie Connolly. She was laying in the snow on the rectory grounds in Trinity Hill. Nicola had been raped, and her attacker had smashed her head against a curb. But Nicola put up a fight. Forensic evidence indicated that she broke free from her attacker and attempted to climb over a gate to escape him. But he caught up to her. After he beat and raped the teenager, he left her for dead. But Nicola still wasn't done fighting. She crawled across the snowy church grounds for help, before finally succumbing to her head injuries. Forensic experts combed through the snow for evidence and recovered crucial DNA left behind by her attacker. A hair and semen. West Midlands police interviewed 11,000 people and took 6,000 statements. Potential suspects living in the area were DNA tested, but there was no match. The murder was even featured on BBC's Crime Watch and a reward for £20,000 was offered, but no arrests were made. Six months later, they found their man, when in July of 1997, 42-year-old father of three, Colin Waite, was arrested 
after he attacked his girlfriend, Christine Lowndes. Colin Waite's criminal record stretched all the way back to 1979. He had been convicted on numerous occasions for assault, criminal damage, and possession of controlled drugs. In 1992, he was jailed for six months after an assault on his then-partner, which was witnessed by his children. He met Christine Lowndes and moved in with her in Birmingham after they met while working together at the Cadbury factory. Following his arrest, a sample of Colin Wade's DNA was taken. But a crucial error, later described by West Midlands police as a problem with the packaging of the sample, meant that the DNA was never sent to the Forensic Science Service for testing. And because of the Police and Criminal Evidence Act, another sample could not be taken. In February of 1998, Colin Waite was convicted of assault occasioning actual bodily harm for his attack on his girlfriend, Christine Lowndes. He was sent to prison for four and a half years. In 2001, he was released and found work at Yes Car Credit. It wasn't until 2002 that police got another crack at him. In August of 2002, nearly six years after Nicola's murder, Colin Waite attacked a motorist in a road rage incident in Birmingham. Police took another DNA sample and tested it against the DNA found at Nicola's crime scene. This time, they got him. In response to criticism and suggestions that police were just lucky that Colin Waite reoffended, Detective Superintendent Matt Sars said, quote, It is possible that Waite could have been arrested earlier if the sample had been loaded on the National DNA database sooner. That's true but I do not accept the charge of luck. This is an investigative process that came from the case and the forensic science procedures in recovering the sample in the first place. No stone has been left unturned. That is not luck in my view. That is the inevitability of justice following the scientific advances. Despite the DNA evidence against him, Colin Waite denied ever having met Nicola Dixon. At his trial in November of 2003, Warwick Crown Court heard that the chances of Waite's DNA match coming from someone other than him were a billion to one. Police were even able to match a hair found at the scene to Waite, but he denied his involvement to the end. He has never engaged with us in any serious way in seeking to explain his actions, Detective Superintendent Matt Sauer said, or shown any sense of remorse. It took a jury just 25 minutes to find 
Colin Wade guilty of murder, and the judge sentenced him to life in prison. Wade's minimum term, the least amount of time he must serve before he could be considered for release on parole, was set by Mr. Justice Davis, sitting at the High Court in London. He described Waite as a, quote, large and powerful man who had accosted Nicola, a stranger to him, on the street. The judge said, quote, considerable force was used upon her, causing her severe internal head and brain injuries, which would have rendered her unconscious. He then left her half-naked lying in the snow. The defendant absented himself from the scene. He was not detected until arrested for an unconnected offense sometime later. His DNA was then matched to semen found within the body of the deceased. The defense was one of denial and alibi, which clearly the jury rejected, having heard the evidence. Mr. Justice Davis set Colin Waite's minimum sentence to 20 years, saying, quote, In my view, this was offending of the gravest type, and clearly merited a very significant minimum term. The trial judge, in fact, considered that it might never be safe to release this particular defendant. I stress that the minimum term to be specified simply indicates the stage at which the defendant may be considered for release. It will be clearly understood that it does not follow that he will be released at that time. That is a matter for the parole board. In 2003, the Prisoner DNA Sampling Program and the DNA Expansion Program allowed police to collect DNA samples from, quote, all people cautioned or charged with a recordable offense and from as many crime scenes as possible, end quote, so that known offenders could be more swiftly linked to their other crimes than Colin Waite was to Nicola Dixon. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Murder Minute.